Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil Camero here with episode 262 of the Tutor Podcast, the Monday morning show for anyone in the business of helping people through teaching, tutoring or coaching. As always, I'm here to share ideas and insights I've had, borrowed or flat out stolen during the 24 years or so I've been in business and from the tens of thousands of pounds I've invested in training and education. And I want to share stuff with you in a no-nonsense, no-BS kind of way. So if you're good with that, let's crack on. Today, I want to talk about rapport with students and parents and a couple of simple techniques you've almost certainly had done to you, probably without you even being aware of it. Now, I don't necessarily recommend using these techniques for any shady purpose because, just like any other tool, they can be used for good or ill. Certainly, they work. And they work powerfully if done well. Part of my purpose here is to make you aware of them so you can counter their effects as well as to use them for your own and your clients' benefits. So first we better look at what rapport is. Rapport is the feeling of being like another person, of having something in common or being interested in similar things. The basic idea to remember here is that the more like us we perceive someone to be, the more we'll like them and the faster we'll trust them, the more likely we are to buy from them and do business with them. This also means we are more able to influence them. As teachers, that's what we do. And this is why old sales manuals used to suggest that salespeople should be able to speak enthusiastically about almost anything the customer said. In other words, lie their asses off in order for the customer to feel, well, this guy's interested in the same things as I am. He's just like me. I like him. And obviously, the idea there is to elicit more trust and reduce resistance to the sale from the customer. These days, it's perhaps a little more subtle. With the best rapport techniques flying under the radar much of the time. Now, this is where the NLP techniques of matching and mirroring come in. Matching is, well, put simply, matching is more or less just replicating another person's movements with the aim of gaining rapport with them. So if the student were to move their left hand slightly, we'd match them by raising our left hand slightly, much the same sort of way. We all learn to do this naturally when we're kids really and we do it most when we're connected with someone in a group because as adults we retain these unconscious fitting in skills and we use them most with people whom we know and like and we'll quickly get into rapport with them we'll talk easily about common interests use common words and slang and jargon and we'll begin acting in similar ways, unconsciously matching the people around us. A quick caveat here is, don't do it immediately. Wait. Delay slightly. If people catch you matching them, 
or mirroring them, which is the second thing Nick will look at in a moment, they may think you're mocking them. So be careful if you're going to use these skills. Now, when we meet people for the first time, falling into rapport with people can be difficult and different from falling into rapport with people we already know. There'll be a certain awkwardness around the new person or the people with whom we're not necessarily familiar. The feeling of awkwardness will reduce as we move into rapport with them. And therefore, we sh can and should use accelerated rapport building as a way to gain trust and ultimately compliance and exert influence over them more quickly. Now, mirroring is almost the counterpart to matching. And it involves literally mirroring someone's movements in order to gain rapport with them. Imagine you're looking in a mirror. The image in the mirror is reversed. So if, if I or you were sitting in front of a mirror and we move our left hand, the person, the image in the mirror, would appear to move their right hand. So we move in like ways, but it's the opposite side of the body. And if they raise their left hand slightly, for instance, the well, we raise our right hand. It's it's just the mirror trick. My experience is mirroring is much more difficult to pull off than matching. So again, use a delay. You can make a general movement rather than a specific direct mirroring. So if they were to raise, say, their right hand, I might gesture with my left hand. So there's something happening on that side of the body. It's enough that they're aware there's something going on, but it's not me mocking them. So that reduces the chance of getting caught if you are trying to use these techniques. So, how to do it? Well, there are a few reliable indicators and therefore influencers and generators of rapport. They are pretty much language. Language is a real good one. My kid brother doesn't have a thick black country accent until he's back with his mates from the black country. Then it comes back in buckets. And to a certain extent, my black country accent comes back too. Another language cue is the propensity to use colourful language. So if someone drops an F-bomb every sentence and you feel it's appropriate, you drop one. You'll be much more like them in their perception. If they use a lot of jargon or specialist terms, in-group language basically, and you use it too, you'll be perceived as part of that group. If you don't use it, you'll be an outsider and you're much less likely to gain rapport. Another language pattern that seems to show up a lot is if they are detail or general oriented. Detail people love to tell you the fine detail, the hows and whys and everything of what they did, rather than just tell you in three or four words what actually happened. They want to give you the 20-minute walk around. If you want to influence that kind of person, you have to give them the details. If you want to 
influence the person who's much more likely to use four words to tell the story and just give you a factual account of what happened, tailor your language accordingly. An ally to language then is, is voice tone. You ever hear the the kids whose every sentence finishes on an upward inflection and sounds like a question? Yeah. Difficult to sift out whether it's a question or a statement. But if they use that pattern a lot and you're trying to gain rapport, you may want to have to use that too. If someone speaks slowly, you may have to slow down to their pace. Don't expect them to come up to your speed initially. Slow down. He who has the awareness will control the outcome. And then there are people who speak quietly. And the ones who are really loud, match them. A very powerful one is breathing patterns. If someone's breathing quickly, speed your breathing up. If they're breathing slowly, slow yours down. If they're breathing deep or shallow, if they're, they're breathing with the, with their chest or with the abdomen, if they're belly breathing, that deep <gasps> movement. Take on some of that. It's a physiological way of matching them easily. Then take a look at their posture. Do they stand tall and straight or are they stooped over? If they're sitting down, how do they sit? Are they on the edge of the seat or leaning back in the chair? Flopped in there or bolt upright? Are their arms narrow relative to the body or are they spread wide? How much space do they occupy? Mirror that behaviour. Match it. Are there interesting cues for rapport generation? Are there gestures, small or large gestures? Someone who has big hand gestures. I'm thinking Italian people here. Match them. Make your gestures bigger. If they're using very small gestures, small precise gestures, then use the same. Just take a quick look as well to see if the gestures they're making are in sync with their speech. If their gestures don't match the emphatic syllables and the stress in their voice, you may be dealing with someone who is perhaps being deceptive. Uh, something else I always watch out for when I'm looking at gestures is social emblems. Uh, these are small social cues or signs often embedded as part of a larger gesture. For instance, giving someone the finger when scratching your face. Teenagers seem to love this one, like they're getting away with something. And then finally, there's the, the chunk size of the language, I want a better phrase. Do they speak in short sentences, long sentences? Do they ramble? Are they boom, boom, boom and shut up kind of people or... Yaffling on for ages. Try and match them. Now, I found that, because it's pretty much unconscious most of the time, that breathing is perhaps the most useful component of rapport creation. The other person, as I said, is likely to be unconscious of their breathing pattern and very unlikely to be consciously managing it. So, it's very... Honest, if you like. It's also very easy to notice. 
All you have to do is watch them and move as they do. Begin to breathe as they do. At the same time, keep watching their movements. Imitate subtly and with a delay. And as you're copying their breathing pattern, they're falling, you are falling into step with them. And in NLP, we call this a pace. Once you've established, you follow that pace and establish rapport and you'll know when it happens. Then we can begin to change how we're breathing, how we're moving, our patterns. And in so doing, we can influence them to move to a new state with us. So say if Thomas shows up for a guitar lesson and he's breathing fast and he's anxious and nervous, then I'll speed up my breathing. I'll become a little bit more agitated and maybe even excited because it's very close to his nervousness. And when we're more or less doing the same things, I will begin to change what I do and influence him with my behavior. And when we do this, NLP calls it a lead. So we've got pacing and leading. Now, rapport created by matching and mirroring and then pacing and leading can be super useful skills if done well. Done badly, you might end up looking like a total dork or a nut job because it can come across if detected as you mocking the client or the student. That's not what you want. Be subtle, delay it, modify it. Remember guys, our job is to influence students and clients for the good so that they can get more of what they want. And these powerful tools, these techniques, like any other tool, can be used for good or ill. So make sure you're on the good side. This is not the Dark Side Academy. That should be another podcast, shouldn't it? So, what do you think? Do you use matching and mirroring, rapport creation, pacing and leading in your teaching? I do, I've done it for years. More likely, you've had it done to you. And if you have, did you notice at the time or did it only occur to you later? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you because, as I would say, I'm here to learn. I'm here to help. and I'm here to share what I've learned up to now. Pop me an email in. It's info at neilcamado.com or you can find me on Twitter where I am at Tutor Podcast. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to the Judah Podcast. And as always, I'll be back next week with more no BS ideas and tips to help you to start, grow and love your tutoring business. Just like I do mine. I hope this podcast has got you thinking and has been some help. Till next time, stay healthy, stay useful and have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.